You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have another incredible guest capping off the Black History Month uh, tribute for this month's podcast episodes. Um, It's been such a great time hearing all of the stories from these incredible Black artists and uh, our chat with Janine Scott, who's the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Broadway League. Um, It's just been some wonderful conversations. And we cap it off with Casey Walfall, who is currently playing a superhero on CW's Naomi. Uh, This chat was incredible. This talk was such a great time. We talk about uh, Aiden Gem, for those of you who are Finding Neverland fans. Uh, We talk a little bit about Lion King and her time on Broadway and how it kind of prepped her uh, for the uh, TV, I guess, industry and kind of how all that stuff worked. So it's a great conversation that you definitely want to tune into. So stay tuned because first, as always, we're going to talk about some Broadway news, shall we? There's been a lot going on. Uh, West Side Story, you know, they set their planned date to release on streaming platforms so that's coming to disney plus on march 2nd which is very very exciting um i think we already knew this from last week but i just wanted to make sure you all knew again because that's going to be uh before the next time that i see you and then it was announced uh, one of the major news as well was that newsies is actually going to be reopening in the west end so there's going to be a west end production of newsies maybe that's making a little comeback maybe a chance for a Broadway revival. I'll get those fansies talking, I guess, Um, which is very exciting. I I love Newsies, and I I didn't get a chance to see it on Broadway, so I really do hope that it comes back to Broadway. Ariana Grande came and visited Wicked on Broadway, which which was a big, like, news piece this week in the Broadway world. Um, And, like, I get it because she's about to be Glinda in this new Wicked uh, movie that they are making a live movie of, uh, which is very exciting. Um, but it was just funny, like how much press she was getting because of it and how big of a story that was in the Broadway news. Uh, apparently she went to Wicked. She loved it. Uh, she saw Brittany Johnson, which was really, really cool. Um, I believe she saw the, her first performance, who I mentioned is the first black actor or performer to play Glinda full-time so that's very exciting and and apparently Ariana was incredibly kind uh took the chance to to say hi to everyone before the show um went backstage and and they were all able to chat and Brittany and her had a chat about playing the role and everything like that um so it was just a very cool thing to see and uh that's I guess it's just creating a bunch of buzz for the movie as well uh because of course like look at me now I'm talking about it on a podcast um so yeah that's another fun thing Newsies will open in London in 2022, which I already mentioned. Um, Zachary Noah Pizer will be taking over the role of Dear Evan Hansen. Both Jordan Fisher and Gabriella Caruba announced that they were going to be heading out of the show. Uh, Jordan kind of came last minute, uh, I guess to the press at least. And I guess the word got out fairly recently. Maybe this was planned. Um, I don't know. But uh, Jordan Fisher actually had his last performance already uh, this past Sunday. Um, and Zachary Noah Pizer will be coming in to take over the title role in Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and then this spring, the show will welcome back Ben Levi Ross, who uh, did the first national tour after understudying the role on Broadway. Um, and then 
this is like oh it's like a whole evan hansen carousel i love it and then following uh those two sam primack who began as the understudy on broadway and is currently the alternate evan hansen on tour will take over the role in the summer so right now it's zachary noah Pizer until march 20th so he's going to be in it for about a month then ben levi ross is going to come back to the show then uh in the summer it's going to be sam primack so it's a whole evan hansen carousel very exciting stuff um it's it's a huge 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 kind of deal with all of these new evan hansons i mean everyone who plays evan hansen is just like a powerhouse and it should be like noted everywhere um but of course it's also interesting to see um this whole carousel shift in seeing the the Evans play the role with less longevity each time they they include and uh, and hire a new Evan uh because obviously it's a very demanding role both vocally physically and emotionally um so maybe this is something that we're going to see more often maybe they're going to really have to alternate that a lot more or maybe it's going to become like a, a child uh, labor law thing i mean it, obviously it's not a child labor law thing but it's going to be something like that where maybe they'll get like an alternate and they'll do a more of four four and four uh shows or maybe like a six and two uh maybe they'll start doing that so that they can can continue to have more longevity with the uh, performers playing the role um anyways very exciting stuff for all involved and then gabriella caruba as i mentioned earlier will play her final performance on may 1st so crazy stuff going on but but that's kind of like the whole spiel on dear van hansen that was a huge huge uh kind of newsworthy noteworthy thing on uh this past week obviously and then the last piece of news that i'll offer you all this week is that mrs doubtfire actually extended their hiatus and from March 14th until April 14th so they extended it a month and they say that they're going to come back if they do, no one's really quite sure. Um, that does seem like that's where it's heading. I actually texted a former Take About guest who was on the podcast, Annalise Scarpacci, and um, she she believes that they're going to be reopening. And it sounds like that it is. And I actually have her coming on the podcast for next week's episode, and she's going to kick off our Women's History Month. Um, so very exciting stuff. She's up to incredible things, too. Her She has a wonderful album out called Pathetic Little Dreamer. Um, it's on all streaming platforms, and we'll talk about it, obviously, next week. And uh, that'll be a fun episode, so stay tuned because it's going to be our first reoccurring Take About guest um and that's all the news i have for you folks this week so uh let's turn it over to the drama dictionary shall we so this week's drama dictionary word of the week is going to be button and for those of you who who may not be in the theater um and more of like a theater fan you're probably like a button like the button i wear on my shirt uh no not quite um a button in in the musical theater world in the entertainment industry um i will start out by saying what a button is on on uh in musical terms first a button is the last note and the last um lighting cue and last word and everything in between for a musical number uh or a scene for that matter and that's kind of like the general term like so just because in musical theater terms, the button is the last dun in like a song or something, it can also be a button on a scene, which is the last part of the scene that's kind of like the end of the scene and it moves on to the next section of your story and it, and then the next arc or whatever it may go into. Or maybe it's like for TV and film, it's going to be the last like crazy piece of evidence that's revealed before uh the tv shows goes to commercial or something and it's like oh i wanted more and then that's what keeps you watching after the commercials so that's what a button is it's like a musical theater term for the bump at the end of the song that uh it, it also like allows the audience to know like oh this is when i applaud this is like okay they're done you know we're moving on um if they if they feel inclined to sometimes they don't always um but it's like usually like i said like a light cue or a final music note 
or something in that matter. And then on TV or film, it's kind of the same kind of deal just without that musical song. Um, so yeah, that's what a button is. And that's this week's drama dictionary word of the week. Um, I think that that covers everything for this week. And I don't want to keep you all waiting because this episode is so great and so fun and i love the conversation that i had with casey so without further ado let's turn it over to the interview casey walfall curtain up Okay, so this week we have both a Broadway and TV star on the show. You may have seen her in Lion King on Broadway or in TV shows such as The Equalizer, Modern Love, Person of Interest, and so many more. Right now, you can currently see her as Naomi McDuffie in Naomi on The CW where she plays a superhero. It's so cool. It's so fascinating. Uh, Everyone, welcome to Take a Bow. Casey Waffles Wallfall. <laughs> Hi! Uh, hi oh my god this is so exciting it's so good to see you um uh, i'm so happy that we were able to do this i've been watching naomi a lot lately and i cannot uh i cannot wait to just talk to you about it uh before we do that let's talk about you and like your start and why you know what inspired you to get into this industry mm-hmm I started, people ask me all the time, like, how long have you been acting? And truthfully, I've been acting my whole life. Really? Uh, I I bet you could say that too, you know, always putting on performances and stuff like that in my house, but nobody in my family Mm -hmm. was ever an actor or ever in the entertainment industry. So when I was about, um, I tried a lot of sports. My parents were convinced I was going to play sports. (laughs) When I was about seven, my mom put me in an acting class and that's where I really like honed in on my craft for the first time and really like truly enjoyed something. And um, from there, I've just been, I did a lot of stage when I was younger. And then I did a little bit of TV, but now I'm getting more into the TV and film world. Well, that's actually interesting that you bring that up. Like, when you were younger, was it always like, did you ever think that TV and film was like ever a possibility? Or did you kind of view it as like, I like theater, and I'm a theater (laughs) kid? (laughs) I mean, my first ever job before I it was kind of sort of the opposite oh my really ever um job was a tv show i was on i played a reoccurring role on a on a season show sadly their last season but then i had done a couple other stuff i did a lot of commercials when i was younger and mm. i remember i was i would sing act and dance but i wouldn't combine them together i'd never thought of that so um my agent sent me to an audition for the lion king when i was in third grade and <laughs> <laughs> I remember just going in and I had a lot of fun and I made it to the final round and they were like, you're too short. Come back next what? year. <laughs> so oh then my I God. next year and that was for the tour. And then I came back in my fourth grade year and then that's when I booked Broadway. Um, but it was almost, it was almost like that. It was very theaterish doing off Broadway, Broadway plays. Um, and then I was kind of like, Oh, I really, really like this. And I never thought that I would do this. And then I studied musical theater in high school, but uh, I think acting specifically has really um, taken a, a lead in my career. So so does that mean you made your Broadway debut at like seven or eight, like in that area? <laughs> I made my Broadway debut when I was nine. Oh my God, that's insane. That was like around the same time as like myself, like when I yeah, made my crazy. debut. Like that's crazy. Right, right. But I, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. I guess I never really thought about that what a what little did we know then what uh what a big deal that was and like what it would lead to um that's crazy so like in when you were doing lion king and and then you went on to do the matilda tour and everything like was there like theaters like my passion or was there always like i do want to go back to tv i think that there's i think at that time it was like theater is my passion Mm -hmm. um and I was so young that it was like, um, it's still always so fun, but I was so young that it wasn't like, I need a job. Yes, um, right. Exactly. It was, it was, it was very, it was very fun. So I think that that time, especially, especially when I was in middle school in the beginning of high school, I was convinced that I was only going to do theater and only um, mm. go to 
college for musical theater. And then once I think I, you know, I, I had auditioned for TV a lot, but I was studying that in school. And I think once COVID honestly hit, which wasn't too long ago, but um, I kind of <laughs> went through like the actor's dry spell before that, after like middle school, like ninth grade to 10th grade, I just was ninth grade, 10th grade and a little bit of eighth grade too. I was just like, did I would just constantly go on auditions and not book anything. But I think that's where I really, really right. found love in not having it, not having like a job at, you know, every day waking up and going to set. Um, so uh -huh. when I, when COVID hit and musical theater kind of stopped and film and TV kept going, um, I kind of found a love a little bit more there, but theater is still my passion and I still feel so inspired every time I go see a show. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's so funny because like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, we don't have to worry about doing uh, doing theater and having a job consistently to like mm -hmm. pay the bills or anything. But I always feel like as a child performer, it's just like we do it for fun. And then as mm -hmm. but like it's it could be like more time consuming for child performers to be on Broadway because they have to go to school and do the auditions and do the shows at night and like barely have time for homework. But mm -hmm. then as an adult, they don't have to worry about that, but they have to worry about the bills and everything. So it's a very different and interesting dynamic that each mm -hmm. like stage of your life, you have to think about uh, mm -hmm. different things in like, in this industry, I guess. Um, anyways, what, what was it like to make your Broadway debut? I mean, like you said, you, you know, you kind of found theater uh, in like an acting class and everything like that. And mm -hmm. then you were nine years old and you step out on a Broadway stage and the Minskoff is like, no yes. joke. That's a big theater. So like, what was that like? I just remember like stepping on, stepping onto the stage, but I really heavily remember the audition process. Was, like, like yeah? after the audition process, like rehearsal process. Um, oh, okay. I, there was nobody, as I said before, there was, was my first ever like theater audition. I hadn't done any local theater, anything like that. And I remember, as I said, nobody in my family was in the entertainment industry. So I actually went to my brother's best friend's dad who knew how to play <laughs> piano. And that's where I practiced for the audition, truly. Oh my God. Um, and then he wasn't even a, like a vocal coach. We just needed someone to play it. And then I, rehearsal process, it was really... It was really cool. I think that the Lion King, you know, the costumes just really help you set into character. Mm -hmm. And I specifically remember there's this like um, number in the show called Chow Down. And I remember when we were doing our, um, when we were doing our tech or our like first dress rehearsals, uh, me and the sure. other went in. I was so, I was nine. So I was so genuinely scared of these actors. Oh costume on but I, oh and the character God. was super scared so I I will always remember that I wasn't acting and I was like truly like because the choreography is you're running away from you're running away from them and I was truly running away from them. <laughs> and um I just remember the feeling the Lion King is so different than any other project that I've ever done because it's very family oriented everything's family family oriented but people in the Lion King have been there since it, it's been on Broadway for so long have been there since the like it first came out on Broadway. Right. So I just remember being very grateful, learning something new every day. And I still keep in contact with a lot of, you know, my cubs or some of my good friends and a lot of the people that were in the ensemble. Oh, that's awesome. And so after Lion King, you went on tour with the Matilda. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, First of all, Lion King and Matilda is a very different show. <laughs> um, but then you also add in the the whole like aspect of like touring and like mm -hmm. you know on on in on Broadway you you get to have your Mondays off, but then you like go to school, so like is it off? Mm -hmm. But then on tour, it's like again, is it off because you're traveling? So like, what what was the dynamic of tour life and like what what kind of like. How did you personally like balance school and traveling and doing the show mm -hmm. and everything like that? Mm -hmm. That really prepared me. Tour life really prepared me for Naomi and doing really? school and doing school because I had still attended regular school while I was in the Lion King. Mm -hmm. um, and I was still attending my regular school, but they were just sending me work. And I had, we right. had like tutors. When I was in the Lion King, I never had a tutor. Um, and so I Lion King and Matilda are very different shows. Like they're just different shows. <laughs> Matilda, you're on stage 24-7. Right. A lot of dancing, a lot of being out of breath. You're on come swing. On, cardio. The line, yes, come on. <laughs> the Lion King, like if you're not going on, you can if you're not like um because they alternate. If you're not going on, you can leave an intermission. 
So Matilda oh. is like totally different than that in so many ways. Um, but I remember, you know, going on tour, I was also so young and it was the beginning of the tour. So we would, we wouldn't leave, you know, like once tours go on for a while, they'll leave quickly. But the, um, Matilda, we would stay there for like a month. So it wasn't yeah. as bad as you would think it was. Um, but I went with my grandmother, which was different because oh. my mom and my dad couldn't take me. So I went with my grandmother on tour and, um, that that was just there's just so many great memories about being on tour but balancing school was a little was a little bit hard sometimes you had to we were on duolingo a lot because we didn't have yes. so to support it so we were learning like french all the time but oh wow it has a very special place in my heart yeah for sure and you said that that helped you for naomi and which is the project that you're currently working on mm-hmm. um is that because of the whole like tutor life and you know blocking out times and like understanding the whole like banking thing where you could do mm-hmm. a couple extra hours of school and stuff like that? Is that kind of how that helped? Yeah, it didn't necessarily help with the banking thing. That thing's okay. Me, but I it it did help. It helped um, one with school skills because at Naomi, I'm the only I'm the only minor. So I'm the only one doing school. Um, so everyone else is 18, 19, 20. So I'm the only person still in high school. Um, wow. So having to do that. But also Matilda also helped me because we, our work ethic and our schedule in Matilda was like, we worked very, very hard at very young ages. You know, we mm. had rehearsal. Then we had warm-ups, which took like, were so, so much. And then we <laughs> on the stage and then you go home and then you wake up and you do school in the morning. So it, that routine of just consistently doing something and also having leadership skills and also being super professional because I think stage actors are some of the most professional people in the business. Absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, it helped with school, it, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, it's understandable. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Um, well, I want to I want to talk about Naomi now that we're kind of on a co- topic of it. Um, again, addicted. <laughs> I'm obsessed, uh, especially because you're in it with Aiden Jem, who's like I heard he's like okay, If Aiden ever listens to this um, we, on on the set, we always make fun of him because he's from upstate. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love Aiden. He's though. such a goober. It's the best. Yeah. He, he and now to see him like play like. I mean, not like for lack of a better term, like a nerd. Like it's uh-huh. like hilarious because he's yeah. totally like he's into basketball and co- cross country and all these things. And now to like hear him talk about science, I'm like, oh my god, I can't. This is too yeah. much. The one person um, break. <laughs> oh my god, I bet. Yeah. Is, it's. Did you know like Aiden going in to to set? No, I didn't. I didn't know him, and I remember. I only met him at the table read. He was the oh, only okay. regular that I didn't have a chemistry read with. So I met him on Zoom at the table read, and he, he just had me laughing so much. Like, oh my God. have like the you have the network on, and I'm just like, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> but um, then we uh, start. I started talking to him, and he was telling me about Finding Neverland, and I was like, Do you know Eli? And then he started talking. Oh. He's been in a bunch of shows, so I didn't know him before. But I know. I'm a friend now. Yeah, I love him. I was just, did you know like anyone before, like before going into Naomi? I didn't know, I didn't know any of the cast members. I've had oh, mutual wow. friends with them. I had mutual so, friends with them. So, like, was that like 
an added thing like i don't know like when you go to set and everything and you're like you first of all you're the star of the show so like i'm sure there's some sort of like nerves pepped up like into this um was there like an added layer like not knowing like who these people were and like meeting all these new people yes it it was interesting because it was casted I got casted with four people. It was like the first four. And then like, it would okay. be somebody else to get cast. And I was consistently doing table reads. Like I would go to set to do um, lessons on, uh, you know, all of the, the, the physicality in the show. And then I would go home and do chemistry reads with everyone. Um, wow. But I didn't know anyone, but we did do the younger cast and I, since it was COVID, Miss Ava wanted to host a dinner, but we couldn't do that. Um, right. Because it would have been so bad if we any of us got COVID. So I had a Zoom with Mary Charles Jones, who plays my best friend in the show. Because it's yes. really hard to being best friends with someone and your first meeting on the day of set. Like your first meeting, right. your first working together. Because it wasn't like we were having contact like COVID. We had to stay away from each other. So sure. we, had a, we had a Zoom and we stayed on Zoom for I think like an hour and a half and really clicked. And then we did a Zoom with all the younger adults. And okay. that went really well because we we had to be friends. And um, it, we all click really well. And I still, I, everyone in the cast is so great at their job, but they're all truly kind people. But as far as like my parents, I had got casted with um, Cranston who plays Zumbato and Alex who plays D very early on. Oh, so okay. we already have that relationship of being like in the first four, maybe three weeks before we started shooting. So I had had that relationship closer than, you know, my parents, which I was pretty nervous about. Um, but the day that I met Barry and Malzum, we just clicked. We just clicked. So it's 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 great when you can work with people who are great at their job that are also just good people. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Because that's what, like, it's blowing my mind right now. Like, that wasn't even, like, one of my questions, but it's just blowing my mind. You guys have such great chemistry on camera that it's like, I can't believe you don't know these people. It seems like you've known them your whole life, which is great because you're doing your job right. <laughs> um, so how do you, Casey, relate to Naomi? I relate to Naomi um, because she has a great sense of drive and passion. And mm. when people tell her no, that doesn't mean she's going to stop. And yes. although it depends on the circumstance for me, sometimes I try and keep that mentality, you know, whether it's, you know, in the business, no, doesn't mean you have to stop. Mm. Never. Um, you know, there's very few yeses, but one yes can change your life. So I would say I relate to her sense of drive and passion. Interesting. I would have said it was your fashion, your your fashion <laughs> skills. I think both of you have some very high fashion. I love yeah. it. It's yeah. it's so cool because it's literally like seeing you up there. Like it looks like you're Casey, like because it's just like normal clothes and everything. And, you know, you kind of talked about it with like Lion King, like those really helped you like get into those costumes. But in Naomi, it feels like you're just wearing your clothes. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they took some of that stuff out of your closet. Listen, I'm glad that <laughs> that way because because Cairo who's our um costume designer she pulls together looks that I'm like I could never ever come up with this like I'll what? the great thing about being, the great thing I could but the great thing about being an actor is like you go to set and I'll go to set in like crocs every single day and, <laughs> and um some people will come in like onesies and then you get yes. into these clothes and I think the clothes help your confidence. So I, I tried to, you know, make it look like something I would wear so it doesn't look awkward, like I'm just putting it on for the show, but- um, Sure. Yeah. No, you have a great fashion sense. I was <laughs> like, Casey can totally pull this stuff off. Um, I love that. So um, I don't know, like I, we kind of talked about this, but like, do you feel like being like a young performer in general, like not just throughout your time in Matilda, but just like a young performer, just going to school, going through auditions, maybe do a show at night if you're in one and stuff. Like, you know, you kind of live an alternate life from like other people at school and stuff like that. And you're kind of living with like an alternate life with superpowers, you know, mm -hmm. like with, with your friends at school. So like, do you feel like, you know, that's something, a relationship that you've been able to like tap into and kind of relate to Naomi as far as that aspect is concerned? I think when I was younger, I never, I saw it as, it was almost as if even when I was on Broadway, I was, saw it as my sport. 
Mm. You know, you're constantly working, but I didn't have, I now I have the outlook, like I worked so many hours when I was younger, right. but I, I, I never had that because my friends would go. And you know, there were sort of different things. Like I couldn't, I had to not balance being in like fourth grade and having FOMO of uh, right. the sleepovers and stuff like that. But I, I, I saw it as a sport for so long and just like a hobby and activity that I did. And um, I think what I really related to Naomi has to balance superpowers and um, school and her home life. I had to balance when I was sh shooting first season, I had to balance um, being the lead of a show, being a senior in high school, and then also mm. not being in New York. Um, right. So I, I almost tapped into that, which was great because it was something that I was going through while I was filming it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, but like, so, so let me see here. Uh, oh, what is it like? to like just film a character like with superpowers because like obviously you can't do it but like what is it like to like film it and then like what is it like to see like the after effects mm -hmm. i have to use my imagination as actors we have to use yeah. our imagination all the time <laughs> right. but I think that, that is a circumstance where you definitely have to use your imagination um totally. when i was filming the first couple episodes of the show i was putting a lot of like physical restraint in my shoulders while I was doing my powers. Um, sure. And then I saw it in post and I was like, oh, this is all like VFX. This is all yeah. VFX. So I don't need to put so much, you know, strain on myself. But I also think that made a little bit of my performance better as opposed to like getting my powers and knowing exactly how to use them. I, as Casey, had to figure out the physicality of my character, which translates oh. to also like figuring out how to use her powers. So as you see the show, it gets more grounded and it gets more natural with her body because that's something that she's been doing. And I was also, I kept doing it, but it's cool because she gets, Naomi has a lot of powers and almost every episode she discovers um, newer ones. Um, so it's cool to see it in post. Um, but I honestly think it's really cool to do it because sometimes you'll be shooting things out of your hands and they'll be like stunt guys, like flying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i was like I, i've always wondered that because like i watch all the other like shows on cw like flash and all of that mm -hmm. and like just to, like how do you film like running fast you know like i don't know like oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah you know like it's crazy it on a, i mean um i know uh grant shoots it on or used to shoot it on a treadmill yeah i did know that it's mm -hmm. fascinating how they like find ways to do it and i i love that like you know you're kind of learning it as you go it's just like naomi is so like mm -hmm. it's very cool um i don't know like what is it like to have we kind of talked about this too but like now that everything's kind of opening back up like with covid and everything is concerned like what is it like to film in this day and age where people are still like figuring out the guidelines even two years later and all of that with COVID and especially like with your younger cast members and, and finding your chemistry and finding your, your kind of niche with, with each other. Mm -hmm. Filming in COVID with our show, it actually, I had done, that was my third show. So I did a first show in COVID, which was like, they were just using shields, but they weren't using oh. masks so that it wouldn't mess with their hair and makeup. And then I did another show where you had to use the shield and the mask, but it all really depends on the studio too. Um, uh. So this was a, this is a Warner Brothers show. So the Warner Brothers has certain guidelines, um, but you know, you test in different zones. You have zone A that tests, but um, it's really just honestly back to the leadership skills. Like if in between takes, if I put my mask on, and there's a, and say, let's do, we're doing a bunch of scenes with a bunch of extras or any of the, you know, the series regulars put their mask on, you know, that's even if somebody says right. it, to put your mask on. So always making sure that you're aware and also just making sure entertainment is super important, but health is super important. So, right. you know, don't go partying out on the weekends, stay inside <laughs> because that, that will help everyone. So it, it was, it was, it was great that we had a great COVID team and, mm. It, it was hard, but it wasn't the hardest show that got hit with COVID, definitely. Right. Are you guys still filming? No, we wrapped season one on- You wrapped it? Yes, uh, two weeks ago. Oh my God, that's amazing. I didn't even realize. So so you, are you back in the city then? 
I am back in New York for a little bit. Yeah, I'm uh, amazing. I'm, I went to school yesterday for like the first oh, time. Oh, uh, I bet that was <laughs> exciting. Yes, yes. Um, do we know anything about a season two or no? Not right now. Um, okay. We are, you know, right now when we're filming this podcast, we are on only on episode four. So that right. would be around um, mid-season, which is episode seven. Wait, so how many episodes are in this season? 13. Oh, 13. Okay, great. Yeah, because this will come out when episode... Uh, yeah, after episode five is already out, mm-hmm. um, okay. which is... Yeah, do with that what you will. But I've only <laughs> seen episode four for anyone listening to after episode five. So sorry, there's yeah. no episode five spoilers. Um, <laughs> anyways, do you watch the show? Like, are you one that can like watch yourself or are you someone that's just like, no? No. <laughs> yeah, I have, okay. Um, I think, you know, I, I have seen the first episode of Naomi. And I've seen a little bit of the second episode. I've seen, I watched the, I actually sat down and watched the third episode um, because the episodes were coming out while we were still filming. And I don't like to do that necessarily because I'll change what I do and then I'll even, if I change what I do, because I'll, a lot of my nitpicky stuff isn't the character. It's little things that I do where I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, (laughs) Scene. I don't like how you stood in that scene. It wasn't convincing me. So, you know, whether people are like it or don't like it, it's truly for myself that I have to pass my own test. Um, mm-hmm. And when I pass my own test and I say that something's good, something's good. And then when I don't pass it, um, I get in my head. So I try not to watch it when I'm filming. But um, I will sit down one day and watch all the episodes. I did enjoy three. I watched three the other day. But um, I think being on the stage and growing up on the stage, you never really had to come in yeah. So it's it can be an odd thing to watch yourself now, but I appreciate everyone's work. It's just if I watch it, like I can't really can't really escape myself or you know. I get it. I have said multiple times that that is actually like one of my biggest phobias. Like mm-hmm. I just can't. I just can't do it. It's not. It's not okay for me, and it's not okay for anyone else watching. I'm way too hard on ourselves. We're our biggest. You know, we're our biggest crit- critics. So like, why put us through that? <laughs> anyways talk to me about like what it's like to to collaborate with Ava like she's iconic so I, I want to hear like some of the stories and like what it's like to really collaborate as the lead and kind of figure out this whole story together mm-hmm. I have always looked up to Miss Ava as you said she's iconic and um when I first met her on zoom I was a little bit nervous Miss Ava has a certain aura to her um you know, if you come in, if you anyone ever comes into contact with her, they'll understand. It's almost mm. as if like um, she just she's just such a good person and surrounds herself with so much love and gives so much love. So I was really nervous in the audition waiting room on Zoom, and then I got in. And some people will say, "Okay, next. Okay, hi. Whenever you're ready. How are you? Whenever right. you're ready." She came in and she said, "Hi, Casey. How are you?" And it was really like she was putting. I think just also her knowing my name and saying she watched my tape and Mm. all of that and not feeling like I was the favorite or feeling like she had already casted someone and it was just to like finish the auditions. It just felt like I was doing another audition, but it was, I think I finished and I was like, thank you for your time. I was just so grateful. And Mm. from booking it to even down to the audition process, we were collaborating in the waiting room, in in the Zoom room. We were talking about the character and, my thoughts and my perspectives and she welcomed that and it wasn't just her vision and when we sat down in atlanta for the first time while we were shooting the pilot i sat with her the other co-creator jill blankenship who worked on um arrow for a really long time and miss ava and we sat down and we talked about the character and i think i have this green notebook that i take around on set with me my character book it's almost like my diary for the character and um miss ava I was talking to her and I was like, I think Naomi, I, this is just reading the pilot. And I was like, Naomi's a people pleaser. I remember she was like, no, she's not. She's not a people pleaser. Like, I, I don't imagine her as a people pleaser. And I was like, no, Miss Ava, I, I believe she's a people pleaser. And I said, why? And that changed her perspective. And also her talking to me about why she doesn't think she is changed mine. And then we deeper into the show, go into that and go talk about wow. that. 
So whether it was something like that or whether it was something, you know, with possible costume or just storyline questions that I had and perspectives that I had throughout everyone, Miss Ava's leadership and welcoming that welcomes everyone to be open to that along with directors and, you know, because actors, people write the characters, but actors know their character the best. Um, right. But she helped me so much with collaboration process, leadership skills, acting, being a better person. Um, so she really guided me on her vision while allowing me to have a lot of creative freedom. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I, I really appreciate the way that she's written this this show, Naomi. Mm-hmm. And because like I've seen the other shows on CW and I'm obsessed with them. Like I watch Supergirl, I watch Flash, I watch mm-hmm. Arrow, I watch them all, DC. Um, and like Flash is my favorite, so I'll use this as an example. But like it seems like in the first episode, you know, the particle accelerator explodes and then he like has powers and then he's off fighting villains. But you like, you have this full, we're four episodes in uh, by the, at the time we're recording this and we're still learning your origin story. And I appreciate that. Like, does that help you as an actor really understand who Naomi is that you're given all of this information and nothing is really being rushed for like you to get into combat or anything like that? Mm-hmm. One, I love, I love The Flash. I love The Flash so much. Yes. Um, <laughs> Obsessed. That show all the time. Um, I would say what I really do appreciate, there's a lot of unique th- things about the show, but I really do appreciate what, what Jill and Ava did with it is because it's grounded in normalization. Although we mm. as people don't have superpowers, if I were to get superpowers, I don't know if the first thing I would do was go out right. and and fight villains and know how to use my powers and truly, truly understand them. It would take, the first thing I would have is questions and I would have denial. I wouldn't integrate it into my life. I would, it would, I would question so many things. So what I loved about that was that it was grounded in normalization. It's a unique take on this superhero world that just Mm. not you get your powers and you're a superhero. It's that you have to ask questions and then you also have to believe in yourself, you know, Mm. know, believe that you can do this, especially at the age of 16. Um, so yeah, it, it did help me. And then the comic book only has one book. It's like the fastest, um, book to adaption. Cause the, I think the book came out in 2019. So the TV show is out in 2022. Um, and the flash, for example, has like 70 years of comics or something like that. So, um, it, it, it's great because it allows me to have a lot of creative freedom being the first person to ever portray the character, um, but also that the show is grounded in normalization. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Speaking of, like, talk to me about, like, what it's like to, to be a Black artist and performer and actor and be able to, to lead a show at such a young age and kind of be that face for, I mean, you're all over New York. You're on buses and billboards and everything for other, like, young artists like you like that would want to do this and that are interested in do this but believe they they can't Mm -hmm. I'm an example that it's possible you know I got the audition and I just remember I had never had the opportunity to audition for anything like this and especially for the role to be a black girl wasn't just open ethnicity was a character in the comic that actually reflected my skin tone and looked like me and was the lead of a show, you don't see that. You don't see that and you don't see it with a project that like you truly, truly, truly care about. Um, right. 
And so it's a testament that it is possible. And I think um, I'm so grateful for that for that because I didn't think it was. And for people to look up to me and look up to the role that I'm playing, because the great thing about the show is it's grounded in normalization. Its agenda isn't to, you know, say this is a black girl who's playing a superhero and um, you guys are going to love it just for that. Um, right. It's so more than that, you know, it's a superhero story, but it's putting a young woman of color to the forefront because that's the stories that we haven't been able to tell. So I'm grateful for the people who have paved the way and I'm grateful to be one of the first in this position. And I hope that there are many more in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. And it's honestly, like you said, it's so much more than that. And it's not like there, there, it's just so um, dynamic, the show. It's There's so many storylines to follow and there's so many things that you can fall in love with um, mm-hmm. that like, that's just one of the, one of the things that you can fall in love with, you know, mm-hmm. that they are, they are, they are offering to, to audience members. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you, do you have like a favorite episode or a scene or like a, like a storyline? Like, and if it's like an episode or something, it could be like one that hasn't come out, but don't tell me anything. Don't okay. Worry. um my favorite I think my favorite episodes are the ending ones I love I love episode seven just the way that it was written was great and I love episode 10 and I love episode 13 which is the final oh my god love them I love them because they stretch different dynamics of Naomi and different characters and Naomi in the way that we haven't been able to see her before. So I've been able to play and things pick up fast after like okay. this, things pick up very, 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 very fast. So it was fun to play with that and fun to play with new storylines. So I would say the end of the season is my favorite part of the show. You're killing me because <laughs> I can't even talk to you about those. You know, I'm like, what is it? You know, like whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I understand. Okay. Um, I will patiently wait, I guess, um, for those episodes. Um, but uh, I want to know, like, Casey, from you as a fan, I don't know if this is too much. Let me know if this is too much. Mm-hmm. Are you Team Anthony or Team Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly um I have a different opinion every episode I have I listen I love all the three people that play her love interests what Uh I think is best for Naomi personally in my own circumstance if I were Naomi they're great people but with what she has going on right now I would say the best for Naomi is Naomi you know it's only gonna come things more but I understand why she did it I truly had to like you know do the work to understand why she did it so that she can make a decision for herself when all these other things are making decisions for her but I would Mm -hmm. say I am team Naomi I love that you know (laughs) you are a strong independent woman that is that is it that's period um Mm -hmm. because the last episode that's what happened uh you you finished and you were kissing Nathan and I was like whoa <laughs> um it was like this is a lot I was like this is too much for me I don't know whose team I'm on yet um and I was like okay go off um was that like your first like on person like on screen kiss like is that like awkward what is that like <laughs> it was it was my first ever on screen kiss nothing that I ever no project had ever called for that nor had like a scene in school ever called for that. So I um, remember turning to Daniel Puig, who plays um, Nathan, and I said, like, is this your first on-screen kiss too? And he was like, no, I've done so many of these. <laughs> and I just remember like, oh, okay. Um, but it was great because we could work as a team together. Um, and uh, we had an intimacy coordinator that choreographed everything we did in the kiss. And honestly, um, Daniel's like a, he's sort of like a big brother than me to me. So it wasn't, it was awkward in that sense, but it wasn't awkward because we were, were good friends and, it, and we were super comfortable with each other. Um, but the, honestly, one of the worst parts was that we had to put mouthwash each take that we did it in our mouth for 30 what? seconds. So I could help with like, cause mouthwash is obviously you want to put mouthwash and you're doing a kiss with someone on camera, but, um, you want to put it in your mouth so that it can kill the bacteria. So we oh. had the worst part and it really burned. It really burned. Oh um, 
uh, yeah, it, it was great because everybody on the, no nobody was crowding the set. It was sort of like um, we were shooting on a field and they were going around us, so no one could be directly on set except the camera operators and the boom. So everybody was watching was off of the field, so it wasn't like took a little less pressure off. Yes, it took a little less pressure off. Definitely. Okay, that's good. Was the whole mouthwash thing because of COVID, or was it just be just like cause? I don't know if people, as I said before, I've never done an on-screen kiss, so I don't know if that was a thing before, but I definitely know it was the COVID team administrating it because I guess it helps with oh, like interesting. the bacteria in your mouth or something like that. Wow. Okay, I never heard of that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Was that wasn't your first like kiss? Like, was it? <laughs> No, thankfully it was not. Okay. On screen kisses are definitely different than right. anything because it's very visual. It's you know, it, it's very like um <laughs> choreographed. You're really thinking about the choreography of it, right. truly. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally fair. Um, well, this was I mean, that's kind of like all the questions that I have for you. That I I love Naomi and I I could talk about it all day. Um is there anything like you want to mention that like d- like you haven't mentioned or you want to talk about that you have we haven't talked about just like I with would, you as a person or you as a performer I would just say that I'm really grateful for my theater training and coming from that and I think you could totally speak to that too of course but like having that background and then going to do something like TV and film is very helpful because you are always prepared and um i'm gr- very grateful for broadway roots and also musical theater school roots um oh yeah that has helped me truly so much in this project well do you find there's like a difference of like you know on screen and then on stage acting yes yes okay. and it's so funny because i while i was shooting the show i went to you know see um a, a, a production of a show and um it, it, it inspired me because the thing with the difference between tv and let's say stage is when you're on it even film like in film you're in a movie theater on tv you're in someone's living room it's like you're a part right. of their. it's like you're a part of their family they have you on their screen it's you're you're a part of their family and a lot of times tv is more grounded because you're a part of their family. So you want to seem like you they know you and you want to seem like you're a truthful, real person. And mm-hmm. theater is to entertain. Everything is to entertain. But theater is to entertain. And it's the thing that, you know, what I love so much about going to the theater and seeing shows is no one is ever on their phone, for example. You know, yeah. phones are not prohibited. And that's because the performance is so entertaining. And a lot of times on TV, that can look since TV is something that is on a TV and it's not live in front of you, can, right. you know, you want to truthfully believe the person on there. They're there to tell a story. They're there to entertain, but they're there to tell the truth. And you can tell yeah. the truth in so many different ways. But when you're on the stage, you're there to entertain. So you're going to want to bring everything up. Um, so there, there are differences within the two. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you kind of alluded to earlier, like, I totally agree. Like, coming from your theater roots and the life lessons that you kind of learn and how that's like how you learn to become a professional and all of the things like that helps you tremendously when you the first time you step on set you know and Mm -hmm. all of that but like when it comes to the performance aspect and everything like that it's a whole new ball game and it's a whole new world um you know because you're playing to the last person in the balcony on in theater and now you just got to play to a camera that's like foot in front of you and so Mm -hmm. you can't be like you can't have those like crazy facial expressions that like on camera you look like a crazy person you know like so I, it, it's very interesting, the two dynamics and just like finding finding that balance in and being able to to tell the story truthfully. And when you get used to doing it in a theater uh, setting um, and just finding how you can relate that and take things from that, but also do it in a toned down world that then can, um, I guess, attribute to successfully on, on this on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um it's very, it's very interesting because, like you said, I don't know. I'm rambling, but I like it is so, it is so um, relatable, but yet so 
there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences at the same time. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm g- going on and on, so I'm cutting myself off. Anyways, thanks again, Casey, for doing this. Um, before I let you go, I, I want to give you the opportunity to like drop your social media so that the listeners can follow you and keep up with like new episodes and anything else you may have coming out. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is my name, Casey Walfall. So it's just K-A-C-I-W-A-L-F-A-L-L. And, or sometimes people like to call me waffle, but that is not my Instagram. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my Twitter is also just the same handle. Those are the two social medias that I'm active on. Amazing. Yeah. For anyone listening, like if you thought her middle name was waffles in the introduction that I had, I'm so sorry. Oh my it not. I mean, when you look at it at like a quick glance, it's totally like waffles. <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, seriously, you're the best. I appreciate you for your time. And I can't, I can't imagine. I'm glad that uh, you, you guys have wrapped up and the show is looking amazing. And uh, hopefully you'll get some time to, to catch up on rest and all the, all the fun things that uh, you kind of were taken out of when on set. So thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and it was so good to catch up with you. Take a bow, Casey Walfall. Um, Casey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you're insanely busy right now. Uh, it was a blast to talk to you. Uh, she just finished wrapping uh, season one of Naomi on the CW. I know for this interview, of course, you, you know you kind of have to watch a little bit of Naomi to know what we're kind of talking about. Um, but hopefully at the same time that also entices you to watch it and you really enjoy the conversation, even though you may not have it, uh, understood completely what we were talking about. Uh, but I think it was, it's all still like interesting and relevant and I think you can catch on pretty quickly. Um, but anyways, thank you everyone for listening to that wonderful interview with Casey. It was a blast. Uh, at, like I said earlier, I absolutely love watching Naomi. I love watching her and Aiden Jem uh, on my TV screen. It's kind of like my new favorite thing. And they come out with new episodes every Tuesday at 8 p.m. So that And that's on the CW channel. So highly recommend w- checking that out. If you like musical theater, there's a lot of musical theater people who pop in and out. Um, so And two of them are series regular. And they're kids. So, like, that's also exciting from, from especially my perspective. Um, just someone who's, like, a teenager in the industry and, you know, it's your friends and everything in between. And I'm really happy that I was able to get a chance to talk to Casey about it here on the podcast. So, uh, thanks again and thanks, everyone, for listening. I have another piece of news that I want to share with you all before I head off this week. We have officially launched our tickets for the Green Room 42 show that Take a Bell will be doing. Uh, we will be doing a Take a Bell live. For those of you who didn't listen last week, we will be doing a Take a Bell live show. It's going to be a little bit of a pod beret, uh, which is a podcast cabaret. And uh, we will be doing that on April 18th. Go check out the Green Room 42's website for more information. And uh, the ticket options will be available there. Just a note, with your the purchase of your ticket, you will be getting a $10 food and beverage voucher. Um, and then there's all kinds of different prices. So depending on where you want to sit, the prices vary. And it varies from, uh, I believe, $29 to uh, 50 dollars it's like 49 dollars really it's like 29 dollars to 49 dollars um and then there are like uh there are special options that uh with cheaper tickets and uh right now i have not revealed the our special guests for the pod beret um but that will be coming soon we are working on that now and uh we have some very exciting guests already lined up so you're gonna want to stay tuned and you're gonna want to get your tickets and grab those uh before it's too late and uh i really look forward to to meeting you all and hopefully be able to chat with you all after the show and and get some audiences involved in the podcast that we will be doing live so uh you're definitely going to want want to come it's definitely not going to be something you want to miss and uh, i hope to see you there and i also hope to see you next week so i will see you all right here wherever you're listening to this podcast whether it's apple podcast spotify whatever it may be bpn uh broadway podcast network uh Wherever it may be, I look forward to seeing you all same time next week. Let's do it again, shall we? All right. I'll see you all next week.
For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.